My new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, is out. You can get it at capitalistbook.com. Here's what Nicholas said on March 6th on Amazon. Incredibly incisive, useful, and sensible. The author is not greedy and is, in fact, extremely generous and does not hold back on the knowledge he imparts. I've barely made it halfway to the book, and I'm already gushing over the book because it's an absolute gem. Nathan gets to the point quick, shows proof, and best of all, shows you not just what to do, but how to do it in explicit detail. To say the book is actionable is an understatement. Now, you guys that listen to the podcast know I'm detail-oriented, so that review might not surprise you, but I hope you grab the book. It's now a Wall Street Journal instant national bestseller. Grab it at capitalistbook.com. Audible version is available too. Sold his company, Mtel, to Aspen Technologies after raising about $2 million. Now focused on building an incubator for AI in San Diego as he kind of researches the space, stays active in Peter Diamandis' mastermind group, and hopefully jumps back in and becomes an operator in the next 6 to 12 months. We'll see what happens. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Alex Bates. He's an angel investor and a member of Peter Diamandis' Abundance 360 Network. He spent the last decade bringing artificial intelligence and machine learning to the forefront of the industrial market. From leading DARPA-funded research in neural networks to applying analytics for the world's largest data warehouses at Teradata to creating MTEL, a machine learning company acquired by Aspen Tech, uh, he believes the coming wave of human-centered AI has the potential to make us superhuman and create a world of abundance. Alex, are you ready to take us to the top? Really great to be with you, Nathan. All right, listen, I don't care what the price is. Just tell me how I live forever. Uh, we, will, we will work on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously, though, is there a price for that now? And how will that come down over the next decade? Well, I, I signed up for the human longevity. I felt like they were the best bet in town. Um, and so that's that's my current gamble. But I, I think we're going to need another another evolution on that. All right, very good. Um, walk me through what you're working on now. What's your main focus? Right now, a lot of ecosystem level things. So you haven't sold a company in AI. My focus is trying to just really accelerate um, progress in that. And from this mastermind to just open discussions on this, doing some investing and co-found a few new AI startups. And so just anything in that vicinity. Mm -hmm. Which startup are you most excited about right now? Uh, let's see. Right now... Um, well, in terms of my own startups or just in general? No, your own. Sorry. Ones you're, you're, you're on the cap table of. Yeah. So we there's two. There's uh, there's one called uh, Maven Labs, which is applying AI to the music industry um, to help identify artists and help them market themselves. And another is uh, Deep Dive Bio, which is a bio AI play. Okay. You said Nathan Labs was the first one? Uh, Maven Labs with an M. Oh, Maven. Okay, good. I'm, I'm assuming my own name, obviously, as you one would do. Uh, Maven Labs, very good. And which one are you spending more? I want to basically narrow down hard on one thing over the next 10 minutes. Which one are you more focused on? Well, actually, what I spend most of my time on day-to-day -day is, I think, 
venture called um, called the Sandbox, where we incubate and invest in AI companies. So that's that's probably my primary focus, actually. Okay, so tell me about that. The Sandbox AI companies. How many are in the program today, and what's the program look like? Yeah, so we got uh, five companies in there right now. Um, we've invested in most of them uh, in terms of me and some of the other kind of managing directors. And um, we have a 7,000 square feet of, of office space in Sereno Valley, San Diego. And we've built up this mentor network of people to help, uh, you know, help these companies grow. So that's that's our key focus. Yep. And how, so so what's the program look like? Are you taking typical kind of 6% and putting 150 grand in? What's it look like? Yeah, exactly. So we take uh, five, 5% equity and um, we have different investment models. And of course, offer in addition to the free, uh, free office space, the whole, uh, we have some law firms we partner with to get discounted or free work on, uh, on patent development and, uh, and accounting and, and, and things like that. And of course, uh, a number of mentors and angel investors are involved. And so, so I think a lot of my listeners are less interested in setting up their own incubator. They're more interested though in AI and machine learning. So I'm trying to figure out a way to guide this conversation where we can really rack your brain on those specific things versus how you set up the sandbox. Although it sounds like a great program. Um, is there a company that you think is that you've invested in that's come through the sandbox that you think is doing a particularly good job in the fields of AI or machine learning? Great question. I mean, sandbox is relatively new. We really uh, broke ground just in the last couple of quarters here. So We've done uh, an initial launch. I think in terms of the companies we're seeing come through, there's there's mostly vertical plays. And that's where we see the biggest opportunity is going deep into a domain right now, be it biotech or music or um, other domains like that. And so uh, in terms of specific companies, I think it's, it's early stage. I'm particularly excited by um, a couple of the ones we're working with. Um, but you know, I'm happy to go into detail in any particular areas on that. Yeah. So, so it's so I want to ask specific questions about like one of these things, right? So it's, I'm trying to dig here. Um, walk me through one that that walk me through one of the companies in the program now. Even you know, I guess this is your first kind of cycle of companies, but but name one of them right now that you're most excited about, and then let's kind of focus on that company and what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Well, and and if it's helpful, um, you know, my last company, which was an AI company that went through the full cycle of raising fundraising, and then we're you're talking Mtel. Uh, Mtel, yeah. Um, so we could go through a case study on that if that's useful. That's more of a full life cycle perspective. Um, but if you want kind of a newer upstart perspective, we could cover that as well. Well, no, let's do fine. Let's do Mtel. That that works for me. There, there was a lot of overlap there, right? In terms of machine learning, big data, AI, tons. Yeah, that okay. was the whole thing. Okay, so when put this on a timeline for us. When did you launch Mtel? So Mtel, we launched in 2006 um, and bootstrapped it. So we spent. A uh, number of years, and also it was kind of an AI winter at the time, right? So this was a period where neural networks was was a bad word, and investors, customers said, "You're it's we're not ready for it. It's too early. It's rocket science." But really, what happened over that decade was the whole perception shifted. Um, a lot of deep learning breakthroughs happened. Big data happened, and of course, IoT and, and more ubiquitous sensing happened. And so we rode a lot of those waves and then uh, exited in 2016. And that was the Aspen, right? Yes. Why, why'd you sell? Why was that the right time? Why not keep using this as your own, no pun intended, sandbox? Yeah, great question. I mean, we we were on that brink. We'd raised a, a small Series A round and, and we could have, we were at that sort of fork in the road, raise a Series B and, and take it to the next level. You're talking the parametric um, deal. What was it, like a million bucks? Uh, yeah, we took in two million. Uh, one of which was equity, and one was sort of a royalty arrangement. I see. And, and so, um, you know, so yeah, we could have then taken the next step, and ultimately, um, 
decided to kind of uh, move forward with Aspen Tech. Uh, we also had were in talks with a few other companies like SAP, but Aspen Tech kind of moved the quickest, and it just felt like the right right decision at the time. Mm-hmm. Again, so so a guy like you, I, I believe, is driven by like where can I learn the most, right? So you sense that maybe you're learning it plateaued, or for some reason at MTEL, you sell it. Now you're integrating at Aspen. Is that the case? And why did it plateau? What, what pivot would you have to make if you stayed if you stayed private? Great question. Yeah, I learned a lot about IoT. It was really machine learning for machines, heavy industry. Wasn't my background. My co-founder Paul was a mechanical engineer. So for me, it was a fascinating vertical play for machine learning. And so I definitely learned a ton about that industry and and the ability to have an impact in terms of stopping these environmental spills and catastrophes, I felt like was great. But yeah, I mean, after a decade, I think my interest was now um, artificial general intelligence and the really the next big evolution and maybe other verticals and industries to apply it. And so it was partly that uh, kind of curiosity, as you alluded to, that made me ready to move on. And so again, why decide to go and do the incubator approach versus found, you know, founding your own company and just, you know, doubling down on that? Well, I, I am helping co-found uh, a couple different companies here locally, but the incubator, I think part of my interest now is sort of paying it forward. I want to accelerate seed stage investment. I think that one of the challenges we face and I've seen other companies face is um, for angel investors, there's a lack of knowledge to have the confidence to invest in these seed stage startups and then startups have trouble connecting. So I'm trying to at the ecosystem level, in addition to the incubator, um, help form syndicates of AI investors. And that's another key focus right now. Okay. This is a lot though. You're co-founder a bunch of companies. You have an incubator, you have a little, it sounds like a, a little private equity fund or venture capital fund you're putting together or a syndicate or whatever. I mean, uh, again, why not pick like one of these things and really own it? Oh, sorry, can you repeat that one time? Yeah, Alex, I'm just trying to understand why why are you deciding to kind of cast a net versus shoot a harpoon, right? You're doing many different things related to the kind of the ecosystem versus, you know, doing one thing and building a billion dollar company that's around AI and machine learning. Why not do the latter? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I kind of see it as an exploration phase right now for the next probably nine to 12 months. And my, my hypothesis is that we need to build a community in AI right now. So one of the things missing both for investors and for uh, entrepreneurs is a real community to bring people together. And so, you know, doing incubators, and I'm actually putting together some events in the AI space to try to bring all these key players together um, and get conversations. And, and I think I will, will jump in another startup. So probably a year from now we'll be talking and I'll be back as an operator because I do kind of feel that, that gravity pulling me that direction. Are you married? Uh, no, I'm not married. Uh, okay. Is your mom still alive? Yes, she is. If she said, Alex, you need to just join a company right now. You need to make a decision right now. Which company, if you were forced to join and become an operator again today, which company would you join? Gosh, it would be an entrepreneurial focused company, but maybe with resources to really do exploratory, cutting edge AGI research. So it might even be, it would be a pull between like a Google DeepMind where they're already post exit, but have lots of resources, but an amazing community of data scientists and, and researchers. Uh, or it could be more of an up and coming startup. Uh, but yeah, probably Google DeepMind would be my default answer on that. Interesting. Um, very good. What There's a lot of companies in AI machine learning right now raising a lot of money. Sometimes there's real AI machine learning. Sometimes it's just a vanity thing in a, in a pitch deck. Which company that's raised you know a bunch of money in this space right now do you think stands to lose the most most of that money because it's, just, it's not true AI or machine learning? There were some early, maybe too early ahead of their time startups. I mean, uh, and the jury's still out. So I don't want to like shoot anyone out. I think they're <laughs> 
there was DeepMind and there were some others like Vicarious that raised a lot of money. And, and there have actually been some recent unicorns that have raised you know, north of $100 million with, with really heavy expectations. Name a few. And um, well, gosh, let's see. For I mean, we have everything from local. We have BrainCorp here in San Diego raised $100 million. Um, there's there's a pretty decent list of them, uh, Seismic, a bunch of other ones. And, you know, I think for vertical plays, there, there's huge opportunity to get, to get uh, you know, revenue up and, and get some good exits. For, for AGI, where you've got like Vicarious, you have DeepMind, those are really speculative plays. There's even a lot of controversy within Google and Alphabet now about DeepMind and they're in Alphabet versus Google and then there's Google Brain and there's some internal competition. Uh, I, I think they've done amazing research, but in terms of practical application, uh, the AGI in the spectrum is a much harder play. What's AGI? Uh, so artificial general intelligence. And how's that different than AI? So AGI is this implication of not just in one vertical domain, like let's say industrial, but a general intelligence that could span industries, applications. Um, and, I, and I don't think we've really seen anything close to that at this point. Um, what is the... Um when you look at AI and machine learning, what what is the what's like the holy grail when you're in your inner circles nerding out with your buddies after giving a settlers of Catan and a, and a bottle of Pinot Noir? I mean, wh- what's the holy land for this? Well, it, it's fascinating. And some of this mastermind group we formed have a lot of researchers and just applied AI technologists. So we have these monthly discussions and debates on this. And it's almost like there's two camps. There's one camp that believes humans will be here for a blink of an eye and then our sort of AI overlords will take over. The other camp believes that we can use AI to augment humans to superhuman levels and transcend our biology. And I think people tend to fall in those two camps. To me, what I'm excited about is the augmentation path of, of using AI as a tool that Homo sapiens, of course, we're tool users and it's just another in a, in a long line in my mind. Dang. All right, Alex, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book? I'd have to go with uh, Zero to One, Peter Thiel. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, favorite CEO would be, uh, I have to go with obvious answer, Elon Musk. And number f- uh, three, uh, favorite online tool for building the incubator? Favorite online tool for building an incubator? Uh, I mean, another obvious one, but Constant Contact has been really useful lately. Number uh, four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Ranges from uh, four to seven. Okay, so we'll maybe say five and a half there on average. And which situation? Well, you said no wife, right? So any kids? I do. Yeah, I have a, a two and a half year old daughter. Um, seems to be a future engineer. Okay, very good. So one kiddo, uh, not married though. And how old are you? Oh, sorry, that cut out. There. Could you repeat that one last? I was time? just gonna say. So one kiddo. It sounds like not married. And how old are you, Alex? Uh, Forty-one. Forty-one. Last question. What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? I wish my 20 year old self knew to, to just focus more on, on my passion and, and not worry about competitors or, or news or distractions and just, just really focus on what, what makes what I'm most passionate about. Guys, focus on what you're passionate about. For Alex, it's AI. Again, sold his company, Mtel to Aspen Technologies after raising about $2 million. Now focused on building an incubator for AI in San Diego as he kind of researches the space, stays active in Peter Diamandis' mastermind group and hopefully jumps back in and becomes an operator in the next six to 12 months. We'll see what happens. But Alex, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.